new apps, and young professionals on My Town, live with Rod Hawker. All right. Welcome back to 100.9 Align, your official COVID-19 update station, serving our community along the Mason-Dixon line. And right now, we are north of the Mason-Dixon line because I've got Alex in the house on the starting line. Good morning, Alex. Hey, good morning, Rod. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, I tell you what, I look forward to Monday mornings, believe it or not, especially during this uh, lockdown, you know, because uh, I'm just anxious. Who looks forward to going to work? I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, I get to go to work tomorrow morning. And, uh, of course, then I think about my Monday, and I think, oh, Alex is coming in. He always has a good, a plethora of fun stuff to talk about. So, hey, without further ado, it's all on you. Thank go ahead, you. Alex. All right. Well, we're going to cover three recent stories. These have all come out within the past couple of days. So the first one we're going to talk about is Tesla's groundbreaking self-driving automobile technology. Now, that's mm-hmm. uh, from an article from Clean Technica. We're also going to cover an op-ed on digital privacy. And uh-huh. this plays into a lot of things that we've uh-huh. been discussing. This is yes, very, is. very important, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to cover Wi-Fi from space. Oh, meet yeah. George Jetson. <laughs> <laughs> we are truly in the future. Yes, I'm talking about real, fast, reliable Satellite internet is coming sooner than you might think. But first, all right, let's go Ooh, back that was to a good tease. Right, I know, yeah, right, good. Oh. I know. Sounds, it, like, yeah, it, it sounds really crazy, and, and honestly, it is pretty crazy, yeah, right. admittedly. So, all right, so Tesla's crazy car cameras. Now, Tesla's progress with artificial intelligence and their neural nets, so their ability to use machine learning and computers, which we've talked about on here quite frequently, mm-hmm. has kind of propelled their autopilot and full self-driving solutions all the way to the front. Nobody is really touching Tesla in regards to how their uh, artificial intelligence works and how good their cars self-drive. Now, we've talked about self-driving trucks, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've talked about commercial vehicles and how that's probably going to be more the future of self-driving, at least the recent future. But Tesla might have something to say Mm. about that because uh, they have a large team of autopilot directors, including... Their director of AI, whose uh, last name is uh, Carpathy, good name. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he presented no joke. exactly right. <laughs> and he presented Tesla's methods for training its AI at the scaled ML conference in February. So this is a couple months ago. Now, along the way, he shared specific insights into Tesla's method for achieving the accuracy of traditional laser-based LiDAR with just a handful of cameras. Now, I have to take a step back. LiDAR is actually using light to create images so that computers can read what's going on and they can understand what the depth looks like. They can see exactly what the angles look like. Tesla went the other way. They decided that they had to use cameras instead of LiDAR technology because decisions have to be made in a split second when it comes to a self-driving car, right? Like, am I going to stop? Am I going to hit the curb? Where am I going? It has to be able to read that. So Tesla's camera approach is much cheaper and easier to implement on the hardware side, but it requires an insanely complex computer system to translate raw camera inputs and vehicle telematics into intelligence. Now, that's a really fancy way of saying that on a foundational level, the computer can identify lane markings, signs and other vehicles from a series of sequential static images so it's it's like a video right but it's more like a slideshow think like the human eye can perceive video you know 30 frames per second that's typically what we look at when we see like traditional television you know Mm -hmm. on our our tv what this does is it's almost like a picture book but it's as fast as it possibly can be so it kind of is like pseudo video really Mm. so what it'll do is 
It'll analyze not just the images, but individual pixels within each image. That is just, hmm. it's Jeez. crazy, right? Yeah, like, I was going to super- say, man, oh, right? man. how super- do you get that? I don't know. It's it's one of those things you look at like super high resolution images and the computers can just figure out what's going on mm-hmm. to make it so that the car can actually, you know, drive itself. So Carpathy said we take a pseudo LIDAR approach where you basically predict the depth of every single pixel and you can cast out your pixels during this time. It replicates much of the functionality of a traditional LIDAR system, but requires a massive amount of real time processing power. So you have to have really really good computers which makes sense right like if you have very high-end computers that you're building for these cars that are built in the hardware itself which is the camera is going to work obviously much better much faster so honestly i know we've been talking about self-driving cars self-driving vehicles i think tesla's probably going to be the first to market Mm -hmm. i'll just throw it out there yeah and their stock uh, is crazy but i gotta go into again uh Ray here, he's a pretty sharp fella, and he's going to hack the system and get in the computer. <laughs> and he gets mad at Rod Hawker because he said something bad on the air. Well, I'm going to mess his car up and make it run into his house, that self-driving car mm-hmm. or something. I mean, uh, that's a good where, point. No, I mean, yeah. it's, you, know, you hack yeah. into stuff. I yeah. just don't. I'm still on the edge on this one. Yeah, and it's a valid point, right? Security concerns with cars is not really a new thing like we've no. seen people hack but, remote starts we've seen people do all mm-hmm. sorts of hacking firewalls it, right no pun intended yeah exactly. <laughs> well exactly and and yeah, it makes you wonder are these computers going to have to be connected to the internet in these self-driving vehicles probably yeah, right? and then, yeah I, well when just, it comes to gps it mm-hmm. would make sense right yep well yeah gp yeah but man i don't know i'm still uh, i'm still gonna rely on my leg and my <laughs> foot from the gas to the pedal to the brake i, I just yeah i don't blame you at all and i yeah. think there's a lot of americans that feel the exact same way Scary personally stuff. i kind of feel that way too i get it i think it it is one of those things that even though this may be coming soon Maybe adoption of self-driving cars <laughs> is going to be coming yeah. a lot later. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, Alex, that, that was very a plethora of information, as always. we got to bounce out of here for a quick word from our sponsor. This is 100.9, The Line. All right. Welcome back to 100.9, The Line. We are at the starting line here with Alex. And Alex had a great topic there in that first segment. Continue. Go, baby. This is good stuff. <laughs> Tell me more. All right. Well, we're talking about internet speech. And we've been talking about this a lot, haven't we? Uh We've been talking about Zoom conferences. We've been talking about how it relates to the COVID-19 pandemic. We've been talking about how advertisers are using our data to see exactly where we're at. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Brave yeah, new world a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think uh, Gates is right on top of it with some chip or something. It had a patent for a chip to monitor your every move, yeah. and they're talking about temperatures and you, before you get it. For, oh man, this this I'm in a land of the free, man. I don't like this stuff. I don't I, like it at yeah. all. I think it's all wrong. I, I'm I'm very much with you, and I'm very yeah. concerned about yeah. this from a digital privacy perspective. Mm-hmm. We've been covering this for a long time now, even before this whole COVID nineteen situation. But there was an insane op-ed that came out over the weekend from The Atlantic called Internet Speech Will Never Go Back to Normal. This was on The Atlantic, if you want to check it out, written by Jack Goldsmith, who's a Harvard Law School professor, and Andrew Keen Woods, who's a professor of law at the University of Arizona. 
And I just have to say, the, the tagline has been, it was very interesting. It, this is why it stuck out. It said, in the debate over freedom versus control of the global network, China was largely correct and the U.S. was wrong. So what does that mean? Well, mm. COVID-19 has emboldened American tech platforms to emerge from their defensive crouch. Now, before the pandemic, they were targets of public outrage over life under their dominion. Makes sense, right? So yeah. today, the platforms are proudly collaborating with one another following government guidance to censor harmful information related to the coronavirus. And, of course, they're using their prodigious data collection capacities in coordination with federal and state governments to improve contact tracing, quarantine enforcement, and other health measures. Hmm. And this first paragraph, this just blew me away. As Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg recently boasted, the world has faced pandemics before, but this time we have a new superpower, the ability to gather and share data for good. Okay, mm. I'm. I'm. <clears throat> yeah, well, I don't know about that. You know, they locked them down in, in Wuhan. I mean, they put they, they know yeah. your every move. I mean, they tell you you can't go outside the house. I mean, you go outside the house, you're you're going to see the authorities at your door and probably throw you in jail. Right, it's wrong. Right, and it, I, I, mean, I I I don't know. I don't. Again, it's one of those things where. We're not really used to seeing our tech companies in the United States work so closely with the federal government. That's Mm -hmm. just typically we don't see that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, remember a couple years back and even as recently as a year ago, Apple was being sued in order to unleash some of the backdoor information that they had to be able to get into their iPhones. When there was the the, uh, incident in Santa Monica with the uh, shooting a couple years ago, that was when it really first started because they wanted access to those iPhones of the people mm-hmm. who shot the police officers. And Apple said, yeah. listen, we, we can't, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot give the federal government a backdoor into our devices. Now we're starting mm-hmm. to see way more collaboration, obviously in a different way when it comes to data collection and sharing. But it still kind of concerns me a little bit. And, and again, I think that as long as we as American citizens remain vigilant, we say, listen – we want our civil civil liberties, especially online, to be protected, then we can make a difference, right? We can. Mm-hmm. If we just say this is inappropriate or this kind of data collection is inappropriate or this kind of data sharing is inappropriate, we can make make a difference, right? Mm-hmm. We can make some changes. Well, when you leave your house in the morning, what do you what do you do? What's the first thing you think? Okay, do I got my phone? Exactly. I mean, and, uh, you know, it's yeah. a terrible tracking device. And uh, like you said, this is – and Google, they, they take things down they disagree with. You put an article – I mean, and it was okay last week or last month or last mm-hmm. year. Now they come out with a new policy. No, we take uh, – it's terrible. Right. Not to mention their, their guidance uh, on moderation, content moderation across their platforms – it's just really hard. Like we've seen YouTube come out and say, we're going to take down any videos that disagree with the WHO's world stance. You know what? That's their right. And they mm-hmm. can do that. That's fine. I understand that they want to fight misinformation campaigns. I, I get that. But it just gets a little bit skewed, I think, sometimes when these companies not only collaborate with one another, but they collaborate with the federal government or state governments in order to share data. I do think data is powerful. I think it is awesome when it comes to covid this mm. is we're getting to a bridge a little too far. And I think these law yeah. professors are kind of on the right track, thinking that maybe the genie sort of out of the bottle. I don't yeah. think that's necessarily true yet, but mm-hmm. we're getting there. Now, I want to end on a happy okay. note. Yeah, fun note, yeah. Ryan. I'm sorry. It's, it's 8, 848 in the morning, Alex. We still got got some time for your next segment. This is good. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into your topic number three. I'm going to need a little bit of time to cover this one. So we're talking good. about satellite Internet. Now, you probably know if we've had satellites yeah, even I know that. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, we have so many internet service providers that relate uh, their their 
uh, internet service with the satellites. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. You know, HughesNet comes to mind, right? Now, <laughs> there's two stories, actually. One is Alphabet's Loon prepares for commercial launch in Kenya with internet balloon tests. And the other one is Elon Musk says Starlink internet private beta to begin in roughly three months, public beta in six. So less than six months, and we're going to have fast, real, reliable internet, possibly on a global scale. So Now, who, who's the, Elon, Elon Musk? Musk. Okay, he's the he's, CEO of SpaceX yep, and Tesla. So, he's, yep. I got you. Mm-hmm. so Alphabet's Loon, so that's Google's project, right? Uh, There's an alphabet division that aims to use high-altitude balloons to supply Internet to remote communities. This is an awesome, awesome project. It could just be weeks away from launching its first commercial service in Kenya. The company's balloons are currently performing networking tests in the skies above the country in that uh, it hopes that its commercial service in partnership with Telcom Kenya in the coming weeks pending their results. So basically they put a big balloon, kind of high-flying, and what it does is it releases a, a internet signal and what it'll do is it kind of roams it kind of roams around it doesn't stay in one location so the idea is that you would need to launch these in like in a sequence in order mm-hmm. to ma- have a massive blanketed area same kind of thing with elon musk's tesla and spacex right so he has shared more details about when in 2020 we can expect the company's starlink low latency high bandwidth satellite internet service to actually be available like i said three to six months that's pretty insane now the initial beta test will apply to those located in high latitudes so that would be like northern hemisphere u.s canada rural places basically what's going to happen is all these satellites are going to line up they're going to get launched and they're going to cover large swaths of area uh of like the country mm-hmm. and hope you know in the world as well very soon and you know they have hurdles to overcome with getting these satellites launched because of covid19 but still very interesting we've never seen high speed internet coming mm-hmm. from a satellite before no. so well and I, I you said they're going to test it in uh, kenya mm-hmm. and what goes through my mind and i'm not trying to be ignorant or anything i'm just wondering how many people could actually test that system that you know they obviously wouldn't have near as many on something like that as we would here am i wrong or yeah so actually it, it, you're exactly right and i think that's actually part of the reason so this alphabet project from google called loon is a part of their moonshot programs what they do is Google has essentially little mini startups inside of itself, right? Uh, Niantic, the publisher of Pokemon Go, actually started as a mm. Google startup. For real. Mm. I'm sorry to make you laugh while you were taking a drink, but it's true. Like, that's what <laughs> sorry, Google does. Okay, go. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? Like, yeah. the connections that Google are able to make with these tech entrepreneurs because they say, hey, listen, come here. We're going to pay you an absolute absurd amount of money to go ahead and do what you, what you want to do. And that's partly what they did with Loon. They said, listen, you guys are Google. You're part of Google. We'd love to get you started on doing this crazy project. Sure enough, they said, of course. Yeah, like, let's do it. Why wouldn't we want to do that, right? So hmm. by them, by Alphabet and Google launching this in Kenya, it's a really good way for them to test what could be the next step, which would be going to space. But Elon Musk kind of already there, right? Yeah. Like, in three months, we're going to have a closed beta test of mm-hmm. the Internet coming from these satellites, and it could be actually really quite good. We'll have to see. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers, but we'll we'll see. Well, we'll follow this as it gets as it ramps up, Alex. Again, man, I tell you what, you had a plethora of information today. <laughs> as always, thank you, my friend Alex. 
He's here with us every Monday at the starting line at 835. This is 100.9 The Line.